This is The Devil's Share, the podcast of Duke Magazine. I'm senior writer Scott Hewler. Each year, Duke Magazine puts out a special issue where we get out of the way. We ask you, the Duke community, Duke alumni, staff, students, and faculty, to tell us stories, stories with a specific theme. This year's theme is realization. We asked you to tell us how some understanding, some awareness, made its way to you. You know, my uh, theology of music or my musicological foundations really kind of spin around that day that he told me that. So that would be one moment uh, <laughs> that I had uh, a realization of, you know, the true power of the music to work on many, many different levels to heal uh, what's going on on the planet. Eric Dozier graduated from Trinity and a couple years later returned for a master's in the Divinity School. But the person he described telling him something life-defining was not a professor and not a religious leader. It was his grandfather. And that music he mentions was in his life from the start. I always tell the story of how my music kind of sits in the philosophy of my grandparents and their parents and and how I came to understand the purpose and power of music uh, through those interactions and the places that they that they put me to nurture you know my talent as a musician everybody even if they were not in the choir they were singing everybody sung on Sunday you know people would just randomly drop by our house and we would sing in the evenings. You know, people would hear us singing in the house and just come on up. And before you knew it, we had like 10 cousins and aunties and uncles and grandparents in the house around the piano, just singing just tons of songs. The realities of life in the black community have been there from the start as well. Yeah, I went to Duke, but I also had to deal with a a damn security officer stopping me at least once every couple of weeks asking me for my ID, you know, assuming that I should not be there. You start to see that pattern. It's like, well, why does, why is nothing taking? I mean, that's the same question that we've been asking about reconstruction, the civil rights movement, and now why doesn't it stick? Those two themes naturally intersect when you look at the music of the movement. For example, what did they sing? Uh, even though you say I have no light in me <laughs> because of the color of my skin, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. So you think about how what was really happening through that music was what I refer to as creative cultural reconstitution. He has settled into work that takes the music of his background and uses it as a frame through which to view what's around us. What happened is I started traveling more and doing workshops and taking traditional forms of Black American music into non-traditional venues. So that's just the real fancy way of saying 
I began teaching black music to white folk, <laughs> you know, all over the world. <laughs> that was that that's my that's kind of my gig. That's my thing. Which is where his grandfather comes in. And uh was doing these workshops, these gospel music workshops, which I call praise, protest, and purpose. Uh, and they are all centered around using black American uh, sacred music as a modality, as a methodology for healing the racial divide. As a reminder, he's teaching gospel music in Vancouver, Canada. So, you know, sometimes when you when you get people in, in mixed company like that trying to do this very rhythmic, powerful, fiery music, uh, you know, and I, I kind of put it this way, is that it's not that it's not that folks don't have rhythm. It's that culturally sometimes we tend to be on different rhythms. <laughs> so my role as a choir director is to sync the rhythm so we can get through the song. <laughs> Naturally, he wanted to share his work with his family. We did a, a DVD of the project. So I took the DVD and the music back home and I was sitting with my grandfather one day and I showed him the video and I noticed that he was chuckling a little bit and <laughs> he says, he says, boy, he said, is, 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 that, is that what you've been, is that what you do for a living now? <laughs> and I say, yes, sir. An understandable, gentle laugh. But it didn't last long. But then he, he, got, he, he got serious, and I can see his, I saw his countenance change. I saw his face change. And he looked at me seriously. He said, he said you know, Eric, he said, that's a, that's a very good thing that you're doing, you know, using our music to, to bring people together like that. And he says, you know, that's the, that's the music that I, that I taught you as a, as a young boy. I said, yes, sir. I'm, I use a lot of that music. I use a lot of spirituals. I use a lot of, uh, you know, traditional gospel blues and stuff with folks. Um, and he said, you know, son, that's a really good thing. You know, you should keep doing that because that music was never meant to be just for us. And when he said that, it kind of started me on a trajectory uh, to, to kind of take my work up a notch and to begin to look into actually how that manifests itself in the world. The music was never meant to be just for us. Dozier repeats that phrase often now. What I began to discover was that what was really encoded in that music that black people were passing on to their progeny was there was a value system encoded in that music. And so when you think about the performance practice and say, for instance, the musical device call and response. It's our duty to fight for our freedom. It's our duty to fight for our freedom you know when you think about what call and response actually is and if you can kind of broaden your frame a bit and think of it beyond just i sing this and you sing that and i sing this and you sing that and we're all good if you think of it as a communications framework if you think of it as uh, a mechanism for us to to uh grow deeper and deeper into a relationship by putting us in this uh, kind of re reciprocating exchange where I allow myself 
to be vulnerable enough to let you shape who I am right there in that moment in real time, then it becomes a mechanism for us to move to a higher vision of community. That call and response is a big part of his programs, and attendees love it. But that's a people together thing, and we're living in a Zoom world right now. I I always would uh, prefer to be there with the people, but I've gotten really uh, adept at kind of navigating that Zoom space. Because you never know, like, I, you know, because so much of my work is kind of centered in call and response tradition. And so you just never know if people are getting it. And that's not even new, right? Anyone who remembers the old Romper Room TV show knows that just saying, I see you, doesn't mean connection. Well, I see Shmuel and Trisha and Betty and Cheryl Ann and Alexandra, and of course I see you. And no, you don't. You're not kidding anyone because you can't hear people's feedback it's a it's it's a weird experience as a song leader i mean it's like you feel like you've had to work twice as hard because you're not getting that energy back and even when you're even when you are able to look at people you know you don't hear any sound you just see people going like this <laughs> and, and it's almost like you're watching an out of sync video because you yet have he to. hasn't given up in fact Call and response, with its powerful history and capacity for connection, remains a big part of his work, even in Zoom space. You know, there's a song that um, that I was inspired to kind of put together when I heard the uh, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, they were, I think, they were at a rally in Baltimore, and I hear the young man say it's our duty to fight for our freedom it's our duty to win we must love and support each other we've got nothing to lose but our chains and when he said that first line the crowd which was which was a multiracial multicultural crowd that was standing with black folk in this moment shouted right back at him you know and it, and it reminded me of of what we talked about earlier with this, with this notion of call and response as being a communicative framework. So he says, it's our duty to fight for our freedom. The crowd says, it's our duty to fight for our freedom. And it's just thunderous. And, uh, and so that inspired me to kind of go back and uh, first of all, find where those words came from. And, and those are the words of Asada Shakur. And, uh, and that actually happens to be uh, the the motto of 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 the movement, and I wanted to write something that was really simple, but was also in the spirit of call and response. And so, uh, uh, let me see if I can share a little bit of that uh, with you. Let's see here. I'm trying to remember what key I did it in. It's our duty to fight for our freedom. It's our duty. Okay, wait a minute. It's wonderful. I saw Dozier sing this song in a presentation online for the North Carolina Museum of Art. And Zoom glitches or no, I was making a joyful noise right there in my room. And I knew I was not alone. 
So instead of making him sing by himself for this podcast, I thought I would ask some people in the Duke alumni community to listen to his song and give voice to the response the song needs. They did, via one distance method or another, and we hope you'll join in, in your car, in your house, on your phone. The call deserves a response. Because Dozier's grandfather is right. This music is meant to bring people together. Thanks for listening to The Devil's Share, the podcast of Duke Magazine. Here's Eric and you. It's our duty to fight for our freedom. It's our duty to fight for our freedom. It's our duty to win. It's our duty to win. We must love and support each other. We must love and support each other. Nothing to lose but our chains. We've got nothing to lose but our chains. We are young, but we are mighty. We are young, but we are mighty. Maybe old, but we are strong. Maybe old, but we are strong. We must love and support each other. We must love and support each other. To lose but our chains. We've got nothing to lose but our chains. We are black and white together. We are black and white together. Many other colors too. Many other colors too. We must love and support each other. We've got nothing to lose but our chains. We've got nothing to lose but our chains. We must love and support each other. We must I hope y'all sing support each other. But our chains, we've got nothing to lose but our chains. 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 We've got 